Welcome to the Extraordinary Culture Podcast, podcast for the culture that is music, movies, sports, food, beer. The Extraordinary Culture. And we are live, as Dropkick Murphy started off their set yesterday, Rick, with the boys are back, the yep. boys are back, the boys are back, and they're looking for trouble. As always. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but Rick and I went to go see Rancid and the Dropkick Murphys yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did they play on Tessie? No, they didn't play Tessie. They didn't play Tessie. They ended up with, I'm, I'm shipping up to Boston. Actually, they just put out a new album like a couple months ago, I think the end of August. And uh, they played a, a good chunk of songs on there. But the album is actually really good. Um, so they played a, a handful of songs off that. And then some of the, the dropkick standards ended with shipping yeah. up to Boston. You know, I'm, I'm not – I don't follow them heavily. They're, they're one of those bands I respect and I like them. I just don't listen to them heavily. And I was able to, to catch a lot of songs that I knew. Yeah, I'm surprised how many I actually knew. I'm, I'm the same. I, I really – I actually really like them. I'm not like a diehard – like a lot of people are diehard dropkick Murphys fans. I can't say that I am that, but I know a lot of. The, I think I have, I think all the albums when we're CDs were still really a thing. I have a bunch of those, and then yeah. uh, the stuff that's coming out since I've you know been streaming music, I I add those to playlists and stuff like that. I knew a lot of the songs. I found myself singing them too. I was like, I knew them, so that was good. It was a good time. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Mo in depth. Oh, I know. It's just hard to to be able to get time to connect, man. You were talking about the boys are back. I know we're all crazy busy right now. Dan's working on building the new shop. And how's that coming along, Dan? Coming along really good. We're, <clears throat> gosh, we're more than halfway done overall. Uh, we just got tile for our countertops today. Uh, went and picked all that up. We'll do. They'll start to install, if not Monday and Tuesday. Um, uh, they're gonna run, uh, so we're we're gonna do something a little different than what we've never what we than what we've done with any of the shops. We're actually gonna put an airline in uh, at all the barber stations, so everybody will have their own little like air blower, so you can blow off your client, you can blow off your tools or whatever. They're gonna go get all the the la- the PVC pipe that they're gonna use for the airlines. We're gonna get that tomorrow morning. And then they'll they'll get that installed sometime by like late afternoon. Uh, we're supposed to demo out a little bit more, a couple more walls, two more walls. Uh, one is one's going to be in the front where we're going to be putting. Uh, I, hopefully, we could, we're going to put a refrigerator in there. Uh, and then the other will be for the actually for the massage room. We got to knock out uh, a wall so we can extend it out a little bit. So gotcha. it's, it's coming along. We're we're almost there. Uh, we have a few things that we're actually gonna be holding out for uh, once the shop opens, like uh, mm-hmm. our break room and one bathroom in my office are gonna be like the very last things that we do. But we're retiling a, a bathroom, and once that gets done, and then the other stuff, uh, the break room and our office is done, then we'll go through and we're gonna retile 
the uh, but there's linoleum in the in the other bathroom right now. We we mm-hmm. want to go to tile, so make it look a little bit nicer. Yeah. Are you so. still anticipating like a Black Friday opening sometime around there? Shooting for it still, and so far so good. Um, even with us, like we both got sick a while ago, and that put us down. That that took out about two weeks worth of like actual work. So we're even with that hiccup, we're still doing fine. So it looks looks promising still. And are you still are you still doing overnight nights of demo and and, and work, or are you just going no, back no, to the days you're off? Uh, so I've actually started taking more time off. Uh, I'm off right. on Mondays and Fridays now. So mm-hmm. in addition to the weekend, so sometimes on a Saturday, like I was there Saturday, this yesterday I was over there. Uh, we were over there for a little bit today, but we were putting in, uh, we we're adding water lines, and we just went back today to go and like check all of them, make sure nothing was flooded. We didn't yeah, get a no phone call. Or anything. Security, mm-hmm. nobody was calling about us, so uh, that told us that everything was probably fine. <laughs> No news is good news. Yeah. So we've got, uh, yeah, so now we've, we've got a few other other little things to button up. So it's it's coming along. It, it'll be good. So, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, does that mean you're less caffeinated now? Uh, no, uh, that means I'm even more caffeinated now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about that later, too. <laughs> Yeah, man, I know. I've been. I've, it, it's report card time. It's parent-teacher conference time. I've got a student-teacher right now, and it's just, it's been, it's been crazy busy. So it was kind of nice this weekend to have a little bit of of unwind time. But um, oh, and my my poor student-teacher at this point, she's working overnight at um at a at a UPS sorting facility in Bloomington. Oh, damn. So she in. works 10 to 6.30 there. She comes straight from there to my to my campus. She does her, her time, and right now she's only going till noon. But then um, she goes home. That's when she gets some sleep if she doesn't have class at Fullerton. Oh, and God. She, and then she's working the weekends waitressing because she's living alone, trying to be able to afford living alone. Damn, in California? How in old is California, she? In California, she's 22. Woo! Hats off to her. So while, while she, <laughs> do, it, do it while you're young and you have the energy to do it, man. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Girl, that's what I say, yeah. So I tell, I tell that to some of my barbers. I'm like, man, you guys are young. You guys should be here, like, as often as you can, building mm-hmm. building it up. Because you're going to get to my age and be like, fuck that. <laughs> I turn down shit worth money because I just don't want to do it. <laughs> like I'm yeah. on the spot. I don't need the money, so I was like, I want to do it. I don't need the money. So, <laughs> like, hey Dan, remember that one year we went to see like AFI, uh, The Misfits, and things. Social Distortion all within one weekend. We went to like six shows in four days. Yeah, I, I th- actually October is that month, man. I got a show every week in October. <laughs> every I just weekend. remember we did that. Like, and there was one day like we couldn't hear, so we didn't go to class that day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but that sounds about right. Actually, my, I think my daughter, yeah, my daughter suffered a little hearing loss today. I think we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I just remember, like, I think we saw the Misfits and like Agnostic Front, or we saw Agnostic Front, or I don't know, remember. But our, the, it was so loud that we couldn't go to class because, like, it was just I'm afraid to drive if I can't hear. <laughs> that was the Punkorama tour. Was it? Was it that one yeah, at Punkorama the... at the Glass House? Okay. Okay, I believe that. I don't remember. They all blend together. 
mm-hmm. the hundreds of shows you've been to. Hey, speaking of agnostic front, have you guys been following all the stuff with Roger? Yeah, he's got. What does he have? Cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. he's got he, he said he uh, he had MRI or something the other day, and uh, he says he's feeling better, but like he's tired of all the shit stuck in him. Yeah. So there's been a couple of uh, fundraiser stuff for him, huh? Yeah, I got. I bought a shirt. Um, from some record label in Orange County that was donating money. All the 100% of the proceeds were supposed to go to to him. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's not cool, but it's cool that they're getting some money. Cause, yeah, you know, that's well, crazy. He, he has... How many? Cancer gets more guys than anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot what he does because like, a day job. Does he work on cars too? You know what? I, I want to say he does. I want to say he that's what he does is like the day job cuz he has he has the day job like Vinny Vinny tattoos but I don't remember what Roger does he has I think it might be that I think he works on cars hot rods and shit so well all, all that's kind of weird for being from uh, New York cuz New York you don't really have like a hot rod scene like you do in California yeah but well, he like lives in Phoenix I was going to say he didn't live he didn't live in New York anymore and he hasn't oh, he lives in time. Arizona yeah. or like Scottsdale or something like that a lot of dudes move out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was to say, speaking of Phoenix, uh, you see the Quakes are looking for a new drummer. Well, yeah, you had to figure that once Juan Carlos like <laughs> moved, moved to, to Mexico. Mexico yeah, <laughs> he was. He did that. A couple, he's been gone a few months, and they just Quakes just hadn't said anything because they weren't playing shows because no one was playing shows. So now that that's opening again, it's like, well, we need a new, we need a new drummer. He's been with him a long time now. You think about it. Yeah, been with him a long time. About fifteen years now. Yeah, something Dang. like that. Pretty close to well over ten, for I've sure. Yeah. Kick lately. Yeah, yeah, me too. Actually, I was like last week. Uh, oh, you can answer this question for me. The, um, negative charge. Is that my photo, or is that somebody else's? Photo? It's either yours or Xavier's. That's mine. Okay. I was like, because I don't remember, but I... I think yeah. the inner cover, back cover is mine. He just credited the front it to... Cover, I believe... Go ahead. I think the front cover is a person from... Uh, who was doing the Tiger Army uh, pictures. Yeah, maybe. I remember I remember Paul, he didn't know who to credit it to, so he just credited Dead Boy Pro when we were Dead Boy Pro. Gotcha. So I just thought, I don't remember who to, like who actually took the photo. He's like, I don't know. I, he asked me, and I was like, just credit Dead Boy Pro. He's like, okay. So yeah. he did. That's how that worked. Yeah, I still talk about that one. Yeah, look over here. Here's our names. <laughs> and this um, it's, it's pretty cool. So what else? Anything else going on? I just been super busy. I've been like six days a week, nine hour days. And we're coming up on a season that ain't gonna get any whip. busy. It ain't yeah. gonna get any any easier in the coming weeks. Dude, I did like a partial route. I didn't do the whole thing, and I had more mail than I did like a regular route. Holy <laughs> crap! Where are you at right now? I have five trays of mail. What? Where are you Carson? at right now? Carson? Okay. Carson. Okay. Not I got a... moved to Carson last Saturday. Well, very cool. Well, at least you're working. What else we got on this bullshit here? You uh, you want to talk about Halloween at Disneyland? It's on there. Did anyone go? I, I, I've been. I'm, I think I'm the only one, dude. I did uh... I did downtown Disney. We did the Pluto Pumpkin Pursuit or whatever oh, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to try that next week. Rob Pluto? said it was pretty cool. It was fun. Yeah, something to do. It's easy, it's easy to spot, and 
I mean, for for you pay ten bucks for the map, and you walk around downtown Disney and you look at you know try to find you know where these pumpkins are at certain storefronts, and then you you don't even really have to do it. Once you buy the map, you can turn it into one of their redeem locations, and they give you you know a coffee tumbler. So really, you're just paying ten bucks for the coffee tumbler with you know a half hour of exercise and wandering around downtown. Yeah, it's the so same it's with the egg. It. It's same with the eggs. Oh yeah, what you it's worth it. Away. It's fun. Yeah, it's just something to do. Definitely worth ten bucks. Coffee yeah. mug. Yeah, that's cool. No, I can't I, even I, get a decent coffee mug for ten bucks anymore. You know. I went to the. I've been to the park a couple times. Um, I mean, I can't tell you that it's it's busy. It, it is, but it's not. It's not like pre-pandemic busy. So. I mean, I got on the Haunted Mansion a couple of times, and it's only been like, you know, because it's the holiday one. And right. I, like, not even 45 minutes. One day you did it, I did it like at 10.30 at night. Park closes at 11, and I waited like 15 minutes. And then this last week, we got on, and it said 45, then it shut down. So we waited a few just to see if it was going to open right away. When it was kind of obvious that it's not going to happen, we booked it and got on something else. And then we uh, got some mint juleps or something. We were hanging out. And I saw that it had gone back up, so we went in line, and again, maybe 15 minutes in line. Like it's not, it's not that bad. But there, you know, you see times that are posted like 45 minutes, an hour, and I believe that. But that's a special thing. Everything else, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've seen wait times get as high as depending what the ride is, 70 minutes, 80 minutes for like Space Mountain. I've never waited that long in mm-hmm. line for any mm-hmm. of that stuff for anything. So just kind of. It is busy, but it doesn't seem like it was as packed as it was before. And it's the holidays, so people want to go. Yeah, I don't people I don't want to see the, the yeah, mock-ups. And the... Yeah, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but the whole reservation system, I don't have a problem with it, but it does mean you have to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. You completely have to plan ahead. You can't just say, oh, I want to mm-hmm. go today and, and go. That doesn't It doesn't work that way. Stuff books out because it is the holiday season weeks in advance. Like I have reservations because I have the big key six of them and I have them clear into January to the beginning of January. So I have six dates already set up into January, a couple of November. Yeah, a couple, of, yeah, a couple like of November, a few in December, and then one at the very beginning of uh, of January. But like each key has a different amount. That's how it actually seems to work. So my key may be sold out, but my kids, theirs is not. So they may be able to go, but I can't. But then like maybe week of, they release some more. So it's really weird mm-hmm. the way the system works, but it does work. I don't see it as busy as it was, and I don't mind it for now. It just means you got to plan ahead. Will it change again? Probably. It'll yeah. probably be a little bit more open. We'll see when that genie thing drops, how that affects it. But it's just the way that it is, man. You know, and it's that I think the whole thing is like, well, we want people that spend money here. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. I get that. So I don't have a problem with it for now. But I, I'm able to plan my stuff because I know I, I do this weird thing that a lot of Disney Pass holders don't. I work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm limited the times I can go anyway. So I just pay attention. Like, oh, I can go this weekend. I can go this this weekend. And you're, not, you're not planning six days straight you know, within the next week. Right. And some people were. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go every day. Or I'm going to go every Wednesday. You got to be really on it if you want to do that. The thing that's weird is reservations to eat. Like at a like a sit down place, that's different. Yeah, you can do some. There's times you can do some walk up and just put your name in the list, but those are two months out, sixty days out, and they'll sell out pretty quick. And it's like at three o'clock in the morning that they go on. 
So it's mm-hmm. like you really have to be honored if that's what you want. But again, I don't care. That's, I, I that's go to hang normal, out with those always people. happen. Yeah, but it could be before like you could have gone to like, you know, um what any of the sit down spots. Yeah, you know what I guess so, because you would have had that like everybody like, oh the cove bar or whatever the hell it's called now. You know, go hang out in line, get there first thing yeah. in the morning and try to get a, a reservation. So that part's really no different. Like I said, I don't have a problem with it. Park sprint pretty cool. You get your discounts. There's still a lot of benefits to to going them. I've already been, I don't know, four or five times since I've had my pass. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fine. The only reason I'm not going anymore in October is just because I got concerts coming up. Where are we gonna I'm so you? old that I remember doing walk-ups for the Blue Bayou and only waiting 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that anymore, man. It's nope. 60 days out. You can put your name in and try to do like a, you know, a thing if, if people like cancel their reservation. You can do that, but you have there's people that are like constantly checking the stupid thing. Yeah. To see like and, oh. But the thing is, I know it was pre-pandemic, right before the pandemic. If you were booking those bookings, they were charging you at least a ten dollars sitting fee for those cancels. Yeah, actually, I missed one. We had one booked um for the riverbell terrace yeah and i missed it i can't i try i wasn't sure what was going to happen because i got this whole story with my knee which rick has heard but um mm-hmm. when it was hurting real bad um i wasn't sure i could walk and make that reservation why well, i ended up trying to cancel it and i like you can't do a day of cancellation it has to be the day before but i actually never did get charged so i'll take that as a oh yay you lucked out yeah the gods are walking looking out for me because i hurt myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, good for me. But anyway, so that's Disney. Um, you know, it ends pretty soon, and the holiday season will start. I expect it to be, you know, busy again. And uh, no, that's that's picture time. That's fun. And you know, you know, prior prior to the announcement of the of the key system and the magic keys, we went ahead. We got Universal passes, and that's been. Um, it's been about four or five months now, and it's definitely worth it, man. It's it's been a lot of fun, and um, going in, we went, you know, the end of September, and they had just started their Halloween Horror Nights. We haven't been to a Horror Night, you know, the overnight pieces, but the mock-ups that they do are are gorgeous, and it's one of the things I've really liked about it is wandering around and seeing those Universal monsters. So, you know, Dracula walks around and, and you know, um, Frankenstein's monster walks around. So that was cool. We got pictures with them. We we got Beetlejuice walks around. So we got to and you know, that he was actual talking character. Frankenstein's monster didn't talk much. Um, they have Hello Kitty dressed up as Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. So they do they do some really cool stuff and it's it looks awesome because it looks not I'm not knocking on Disney at all. Disney does a fantastic job with their Halloween decorations and the setups and everything and you know, I still want to go see the Disney stuff. But the Universal, it it's cinematic. Yeah. It looks very cinematic. It looks like the movies, it looks like those pieces. So it's a really cool vibe you get walking around and seeing that. Hmm. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Can can I just say that, and I'm fine with it. I see it. I was actually gonna go to just go to Universal, yeah. um, and then Disney announced, oh, we're gonna do those three day, those three day passes. Mm-hmm. So I bought those. Well, they were I don't remember what they were, two hundred seventy five bucks or whatever it was, something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I bought three of them. So I dropped that load of cash 
you know, down. So I was like, oh, well, well we can go to Disneyland, you know, for a few. We've been kind of waiting for this. So I mm-hmm. just never made it to Universal. Um, it's a trip to watch all the characters with a, with a mask on, though. That's a trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see like these, you know. I, I've seen pictures of I Love Lucy, and I've seen pictures of Dracula, all with a mask, and that's kind of weird. Yeah, they all have a mask. Yeah. What about the, what about the um, like, Hello Kitty? Was she a photo op? Hello Kitty was a photo op. You you stand um, you stand behind a rope, and she's, you know, you they do characters like that at Disneyland, too. I've seen, you know, where they do yeah. behind the rope, and she was in, in the full costume, and she was, you know, already a masked hooded character, so I don't know if they had – I doubt they had a mask on underneath that because they were keeping the distance. So how does the, the Horror Nights stuff work? Because you see all these – like I'm looking at pictures right now of somebody that's posting stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're obviously those characters are not masked. You know, in their scare zones. So mm-hmm. like what's the difference? They're, um, not, they're not standing around taking pictures. Exactly. They're not getting within close contact. You you can't you can't um approach as closely as you have in the past this year. Mm-hmm. And I know knots is the same way if I remember hearing right. So you get the shakes, you get the scares, but they're not quite as on top of you, I believe. Some of them used to be right in your face. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. How you scare from a distance? God, I haven't been in Knott's in twenty years. Neither have I. We were we were really hoping, you know, we could have gone to the horror nights this year. We wanted to go. I convinced Alicia because that's not usually her thing. But um, same thing, man. The concerts and all these other pieces and 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 the wedding, and we're like, no, we don't we don't have a weekend to spare to give to it. So. We're like, nah, we're good. We'll wait it out. But um, I'm excited. I didn't. I didn't. We got the second from the top tier of passes, which you know for the family was was super affordable. It's only it's only like paying for two days to go to the park for each of us for Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've already made our money's worth back on that. Um, if you go with the higher one, the higher list level, something like 500 per person. But they give you free horror nights on it. Oh, really? At, le- at uh, least I, I, they give you at least one, and then you can actually you can buy the pass for for the horror nights. That's like the season pass, and then you can go to several of them. Hmm. Don't know how much that costs off the top of my head, but that's something I'm like that'd be kind of fun to do in in a you know in another year. Yeah, just to be able to go. Yeah, let's go. Well, did, don't they do a pass for like uh, Scary Farm? I think they yeah. do now. Well, we when we were going, no, it was single nights. But hmm. again, I we think that very top tier. I think the very top tier for knots passes, though that doesn't include food. You get um, one scary farm ticket, or you get like a discount on others. So I'm not sure. I have, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't gone. But like I know, I remember hearing that. I don't know. They got so many weird. They got so many passes, dude, with the free mm-hmm. food and like all that stuff. But they have fights every night too, so that's the fun part. There's actually pa- <laughs> there's actually pages you can follow all the fights at Knotts, dude. It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just saw. Yeah, like oh, send me that link. Oh, I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll tag you in the group. Or I'll send the group to you. Um, yeah, there was just a fight the other day on Silver Bullet. You know how on Silver Bullet there's the state the staircase to actually get up to the top level where the ride starts. There's a fight on mm-hmm. the stairs, dude, ladies. Ghost Rider is always good for a fight. It's freaking ridiculous, dude. Like, <laughs> I know there's fans of Knott's Berry Farm, and I always tease, you know, on the Disney podcast that we do, 
they're they're all knots pass holders and i always tease them is that that's the lowest common denominator of theme parks uh, <laughs> only only probably beat by six flags but more of them go to knots because six flags is just so far like yeah. as far as the travel <laughs> distance from us but like it's freaking ridiculous how many fights yeah. i remember six flags you just go there and you see all kinds of the cholos there yeah when i was a kid at six flags i've only been there once yeah. twice twice but not anytime soon <laughs> Dan, no, Dan looking for a fight. Samara, was it when we were in high school? They had that that one day at Knotts where it was like five buck admission or something like that for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like everyone's getting ready to go, and it closed down because it was like way too many people. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that what that. Knotts did? Isn't it? Didn't Knotts do fifty cents or five bucks too or some shit like that? Yeah, five bucks. That's the yeah. one we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Knotts, dude. That was that was that was stupid, ridiculous. But okay. <laughs> And all the fights broke out up front because nobody could get in. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud to say not much has changed. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> all right. Should I take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Dan, you were just saying on break, what we do is the Shadows is pretty much the only show you you're like excited about watching right now. Yeah, pretty much. And I haven't seen any of the episodes of the new season, which is and you haven't watched season three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna binge watch all of it. You know what? Actually, I you know where I watch it the most at the barbershop. I'll just put oh, on good. the first two seasons and then I just let it play. And that's awesome. Everybody everybody likes the show. Uh, yeah. So I just haven't I just haven't seen the new season yet. 
it's great because um without giving a lot away they gave it away in the trailers and stuff too at the end of season two um Guillermo killed off most of the, the entire vampiric council mm-hmm. Guillermo is uh is Nandor's familiar you know hoping to become a vampire one day and they keep kind of making him the joke and pushing him aside and whatnot but he's also a descendant of Van Helsing Yes. So he he ended up killing off the vampiric council at the end of season two. In season three, at this point, they've just made the the people in the, the vampire house the new vampiric council. <laughs> so they're the vampiric council of, of the you know the tri-state area. So there's the there's the jokes going on about the battle you know between who's going to be the head of the vampiric council, who's going to sit on the the throne, so to speak. And then they have to decide what to do with Guillermo because he murdered a bunch of vampires. Oh man, it's gonna put him in quite the pickle. It is, it is, and it's it's hilarious this season because at this point Guillermo has kind of come into his own and stopped being pushed around as much. He's learning how to manipulate the vampires more. Like he's learning, you know, what's going on with them and how he can kind of fuck with their brains and and get them to do what he wants to do. That's crazy. So he's got he's got a set of balls this season. It's it's funny. <laughs> what was great, great, great season. X, what was the last episode you remember watching? Oh shoot. The one where he puts on the cloak and he goes to the gym. That cloak so like a uh Nandor could hit on that woman. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Nandor so. Nandor uh Nandor was afraid to talk to a woman at a gym, so everybody and their brother put on this cloak to make it look like they were Nandor and go over and talk to her. So, so. it's, it, it's, it's funny. Just like how you see like all these guys trying to be Nandor, but still have their own like character quirks in it. Like, uh, was it Colin Ferguson is like trying to like suck her energy out at the same time. And then we find out the girl's a lesbian and like, Oh shit, all this for nothing. Yeah. But <laughs> La- Lazo, uh, Lazo's hitting on her the way Lazo would hit on her. Yeah. Yeah. And then Guillermo ends up doing it, and Guillermo talks like, uh, makes it sound like Guillermo and Laszlo are gay lovers. <laughs> yeah. So she thinks she's found an ally, you know, and, and then he goes to talk to her later, and he and, and uh, Nandor actually goes to talk to her, and she's like, no, I'm gay. <laughs> it was it was pretty amusing. Uh, the Baron is back. The Baron just came back in the in the most recent one of the more recent episodes. He was the one that Guillermo killed by accident when he opened the door to the front door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned him down. Guillermo, uh, the Baron is back, and that was great. And there's uh, they have the uh, they have to control the uh, the original vampire, the one that turned everybody, because there's a rumor that if he dies, then everybody that he that every all vampires would die because. When you die, the vampire that um, any vampires that you turned also die. Uh-huh. So it become like a domino effect. It would go all the way through the vampire community. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Writing is still strong. It's still hilarious. Um, dude, go back and watch it. Um, the one yeah. I like too is when uh, they find Laszlo's car and oh, they have to yeah. disassemble it to get it out. <laughs> and they're just breaking shit. They're like, ah, because like here's let's take this fender off. Boom! Oh, fuck it, broke. Oh well, they don't even care. And they're like, you broke this, you broke this. Like, oh, they're like, well, I was trying to get my car out. I go, there's a gar- there's a button to open it up and get it out. He's all, ah, shit. 
They're like, how do we know? We're on the inside. There's a big fucking button on the inside, too. Kristen, Kristen Shaw's joined the cast this year, too, as another vampire. She's kind of like the um, she's the head of the Vampiric Council's office. She's like the office manager. So more more fun with that, that you know, the Trixie voice from Toy Story. You know, she plays it in well and she she has her contacts. And when she needs to find something out, she goes and talks to gargoyles because they have all the hot gossip. But they won't they won't let her go unless she gives them hot gossip, too. It's little stuff like that. So definitely, man, go back and watch it, please. It's good. So you guys haven't watched What If either then? No, I haven't. I have. I finished it yesterday. You finished it? Oh, man. Yes. Dan, Dan, go back and at the at, – if you go watch the first episode, it's enough that you'd be like, okay, I want to watch it all. Because huh. that first episode is um, what if Peggy Carter – had taken the super soldier serum instead of C. Rogers. Uh, okay. So okay. it becomes, she becomes, you know, Captain Carter mm-hmm. as opposed to Captain America. And then um, Steve Rogers ends up kind of becoming like the first Iron Man. Okay. Because uh, Howard Stark ends up building a, building a suit for him to be her partner. As, as the season plays out, you know, they have, they have some great episodes. They have, what if, uh, what if T'Challa had become Star Lord? What if Thor? Um, what if Thor and Loki had never never fought, and he became like the Prince of Partying? What if Doctor Strange had uh, hadn't hadn't hurt himself in the car accident, but his his love had died, and how it affects everything? And little by little, by the end of the season, all of these things connect. Oh wow! And it becomes a big a bigger story arc than you realize. Mm-hmm. It didn't set up. I don't think it's set up anything for the multiverse of madness like we kind of thought it would. It's still up in the air, but playing with the ideas and seeing this become at least a connected series, and you know, we thought there were going to just be a bunch of standalone episodes. That was a really cool concept. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Like, it might have shown like set up the multiverse of madness or something else universe, but. Like I thought, I mean, like I'm just watching these. Like, oh yeah, these are not interconnected. They're just showing one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. Mm-hmm. Like how the comic book was, it just shows what if happened, and then you move on. Like there were no yeah. continuing storylines. Like a what if made I might have um, comic book series might have lasted three episodes, and that was it. Now yeah. you have these ongoing stories. Like, well, are they continue this? What what happens next? Yeah. As as the you know in the early on it became it was like it felt very self-contained. As you moved on, it became they got darker. Like they started playing with the idea of Marvel zombies, and then they played with the idea of um, what if Killmonger had had a uh, had won? What if what if he had saved Tony Stark? And that leads to this whole chain of events, you know, where there's a much darker ending to everything. But again, little by little, it starts to interconnect. And I don't want to give too much away, but um, you get to the point where towards the end it becomes what if Ultron won? And once you get to what if Ultron won, that's where it really kind of connects everything. Anything else you want to add to that, X? Uh, no, I just like once I realized when Ultron won and they showed that episode, it's like, oh, my God, they set this whole thing up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give too much away because it was – Talked about in the, uh, they talked about in the title, what if the, 
watcher got involved or broke his oath. Here's yeah. the thing: the watcher always breaks. The first appearance of the watcher, he tells about Galactus coming and devour. Um, he goes, "There's this big old monster coming. He's gonna devour your world. You need to stop him." Mm-hmm. So, so that's not a what if. That's like this always happening. The watcher's always there. Yeah, breaking his oath, like interfering with human problems. Mm-hmm. And that goes all the way back to early Fantastic Four comics, right? Yeah, like, like that goes like the beginning of the Fantastic Four series. Like within the first three year run, I think Jack Kirby was still on the uh, series when that happened. That's crazy. But no, man, it was so good by the end. Like I was texting my buddy Ryan, I work with, and I'd be like, "You watched today?" He's like, "Yeah, I watched this. Blew my mind. This just, just, mm-hmm. just fun stuff, man. Totally, totally." And nine episodes at 22 minutes each it's pretty quick to be able to to jump back into it so it's kind of like visions as far yeah, as timing and everything. oh yeah yeah definitely like visions which is another uh great series yeah yeah that was i started 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 the series haven't finished it yet but mm-hmm. um seems like some cool stuff came out of it yeah for those who are not familiar with star wars visions it's um reimagined or or uh the takes on the Star Wars universe as done by Japanese animation studios. So these are our bigger name studios in Japan that are getting a chance to toy with things in the Star Wars universe. And they're not using, they didn't use any characters that were, um, that have been part of anything you've ever heard, but it's just more not stories. True. They have Boba Fett in there. Oh, that's true. They do have Boba Fett. They had Jabba. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jabba. Yeah. They didn't yep. have Jabba? No, they did. They did have Jabba. Oh, they did have Jabba. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was about it. But um, you've only watched a couple of episodes, Dan, right? Right. I've only seen the like up to part of the third episode, but I'd have to go back and watch it completely over again. So that was Twins, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Twins? Yeah. That was the interesting one, because if I remember right, that was the one where um, I want to say it was Allison Brie and uh, Neil Patrick Herrick did the voices for. See, I didn't even notice that. That was the only one. And after that one, that's when I started looking at names to see who was doing the voice work and no one else stood out. But that was the one I'm like, really? Neil Patrick Harris did that voice. Uh, that first episode, though, that samurai style episode was uh, was awesome. That was a good yeah, way to hook I you really, into it. I really liked that one. That was like a, that was a really good. When I first saw that, I was like, OK, I can get behind this. Yeah, definitely. Kind of that shogun piece. And then they moved into the other one. It was uh, what was it? Tatooine Rap City or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's the one with Boba Fett. That, yeah. that's what, I like that one. It was a fun episode. It was you something you the, didn't expect. Uh, you forget there's like one, music and all that kind of stuff in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. In in that one, that was voiced by uh, the the guy who's playing Boba Fett as well. Yes, uh, it was Tamara. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a cool one. Twins was a good concept because it kind of played with that idea of uh, Luke and Leia, but designed to be dark side you know acolytes and that was that that ended up being a really cool episode i like that one um trying to think about the episodes off the top of my head now i gotta bring them up the last episode was actually the darkest one uh what was that one called again um i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head that's why i'm looking it up right now oh sorry but um it was one of those ones where it almost becomes the idea of what it of of i this guy the the jedi was having the visions um, and he was worried about if I don't help out, something's going to happen. And then he ends up causing it to happen because Akakiri is what it was called. He ends up making stuff happen because he gets involved. 
Ain't that some shit? You're just trying to help and you make it worse. Yep. <laughs> that was good. Uh, Tatooine Rhapsody was the other one. Ninth Jedi is the one I think I liked the most. I keep hearing a lot of people talk about that particular episode. I, I need to go back and I just got to go back and watch. Yeah, it. I liked that one a lot. Ninth Jedi was um, almost that lore of of at this point Jedi have become lore again, and um, there's these people who want to call themselves Jedi and they're coming to meet. And um, somebody's trying to give them lightsabers. He's trying to gift them lightsabers to help kind of push against the dark side. And it gets infiltrated and, and very kind of Hattori Hanzo samurai sword maker type vibe to it. And uh, um, building into that, there was T.O.B. one, which is also called Toby. That was a trip, too, because that one had that one had Darth Vader in it, actually. Oh, did it really? That one, if I remember right, had Darth Vader in it. Um, Darth Vader? Now I can't remember. It was it was definitely a dark side, a dark Jedi. Um, but again, it's it's a trip because the kid is um, the kid is a droid, and he ends up becoming a Jedi. Crazy. There's the Elder, and the Elder is um, a Jedi in his Padawan, and they're dealing with an old man who's infiltrated a planet, and he's uh, he is some sort of dark, you know, a dark Jedi or, or a Sith acolyte of type some sort. So that's that was a cool episode. Now, seen. With the visions, yeah. do you see anything like interconnected, or is it no. just like okay? No, especially considering um, they're coming from multiple studios. It wasn't just one studio that was doing this. Each each episode had different animation. Each different episode had different characters. Each episode was from I I don't know how many studios were in it for sure, but I do know that there was multiple studios involved in it. So this is kind of like fan films, basically with Star Wars approval. Yes, that's right. a good way to talk about it. Just seeing they all know. the yeah, and it, that's exactly what it's, it's it's such a vast galaxy that going in and looking at these characters and looking at at how big a planet and how big a universe Star Wars can be, they fit in just fine. It's just given permission to be in this universe. It's it's two hours of your time really to sit there and go through them. You know, La Panocha was another good episode. The Village Bride was hit or miss for me. And the duel was that first one, the the um the one that was more shogunny. That was a cool episode too. Yeah, I really like that one. The animation style was done with that one. Yeah, you know, as when we were so kids. You know what I'm that... looking forward to? What's that? December 29th, when the book of Boba Fett comes out. Have you noticed that in the uh, in the the pages and the splashes and the images they're releasing for that, he's got his full armor? No, I haven't noticed that. If you look at it, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but if you look at it, it looks more like he's wearing, uh, more like he's wearing pants or something like that, because he was more robed when he was in the last at the end of the last series. Uh-huh. He had more of the robe type thing with the armor just on the top. If you look at the images from that, it looks like he's wearing full armor again. Okay, I have to look, but I just yeah. remember Boba Fett never really had full armor because he always had like regular pants. Yeah, that's true. Um. But they matched the top. They matched the top of the... Yeah. It may not have been Beskar on top of it, but it was matched. I thought he had Beskar on top of it, too. If I remember correctly, he had, like, like shin guards and a... Like, almost like football player t- style. Like, you know, you have uh, your thigh pads and your knee pads and shin guards and all that. It was more like Din Djarin in, uh, in the beginning of, of The Mandalorian. Yeah. It was more like that. And if you look at the images they show, it looks like that again. You know, he's not wearing the robe. And it's been, um, they've kept it under wraps, a lot of the stuff that's going on with it. They haven't talked about it a lot. I've just heard, um, I think it was Dave Filoni said, it's going to 
or was it a shoot? Uh, who's the director? John Favreau said it's just gonna blow your mind. I'm excited, man. I don't I don't know what to expect at all. But if you've got if you've got that, you've got um, Ming Na Wen in it. You know she's she's fantastic, and the only person you could say who's uh, Disney princess, Star Wars, and Marvel, you know, all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah. So I sent you guys that picture. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Like I said, that kind of threw me. It looks a little bit more uh, traditional Boba Fett outfit there. That'll be fun to watch, though, man. I'm ready. I'm willing to wait a little bit longer for Mandalorian Season 3 for that. Will be a nice uh Now, I'm wondering, with, I'm wondering with the book of Boba Fett, if it's going to explain what he was doing for the last, since he escaped the Sarlacc, or how he escaped the Sarlacc and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And why didn't he go after the jabroni who had his fucking armor? You know, he goes after a fucking Mandalorian takes, goes after the Mandalorian, but doesn't go after some jabron who just had his armor on. <laughs> that is true. Maybe more he was hoping he would just follow the code. Maybe. That would be cool, though. That'd be cool to see um, back, going back into the past. It's almost like the Arrow concept, where it was always, as as Arrow ran, you would see the flashbacks to f- that five-year gap between what happened. And that would be about what it is. It'd be about five years. Have you guys seen this rumor that um gina carano might be back for mandalorian season four though yeah i saw saw i saw the saw the article and the guy who's reporting it it's it's, it's just they're looking at it as rumor yeah he said it's, he's he's got a mixed track record the guy who's reporting that yeah but i but i've also seen some of his stuff maybe wasn't like when he would report it i would see or hear about it like a few months later so it's like mm-hmm. eh. We'll see what happens. You don't report on anything uh, Disney does until Disney actually says it. Yeah. Because they'll throw you for a loop every single time. And there are so mm-hmm. many people out there trying to capitalize, trying to figure out and get on, get, you know, YouTube clicks and clickbait shit online, trying to get that. Oh, the latest rumors. None of it based in fact. Remember when we were talking about. Um, even the passes like, oh, you can buy a, a 12 visit one or 24 or 36. And they were certain that was going to happen. And they were certain nobody within with outside of 200 miles could come to the park. It's all bullshit. You don't believe mm-hmm. anything that's said until Disney actually says it. So grain of salt. Well, I mean, yeah, we and, and thought again. they were going to get rid of the payment plan. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, no, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's a rumor, but it was it's a fun rumor to think about. You know, she it great character. Love to see the story arc be be wrapped up a little bit. And most people were, were kinda getting excited about the potential of Rangers of the New Republic. See, here's what they could have done. They could have had her come back, join the Rangers of the New Republic, two or three episodes in, kill her off and she's gone for good and you wrap up all the loose ends. Yeah. Easy. But no, they had to make a fucking big stink about it. No. And that's hard when you still have Carl Weathers in it, and you're, you're going to be going back to that planet. You know, Are you going to say, oh, she's on a mission? Oh, she's in the bathroom every single time? Mm-hmm. I just want to know if there's going to be like a space alligator like who's going to bite off uh, Carl Weathers' arm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that space alligator going to have Loki horns? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, this is glorious purpose, even in the Star Wars right. universe. Let's take a break. Sounds good. It's all kinds of music news.
I don't know anything about drummer. I can't tell like who's a good drummer, who's not. Like guitarist, it's a lot easier, right? But you talk to drummers, they're so like, no, Charlie Watts was fantastic. I mean, I remember somebody said like, oh, he's just a drummer for the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones have been around almost sixty years. He's been consistently their drummer. Like everybody else from that band has gone in and out. So you got to, you know, he's been through them from the begin from near the beginning till his demise. And I heard, once heard a rumor that uh, one time they were like partying in a hotel and Charlie Watts, he would drink and he would always, uh, whatchamacallit, he would like not party anymore. He wasn't like, like Keith Richards and uh, Mick Jagger partying all the time, taking drugs and all that kind of stuff. So one time Mick Jagger calls him up drunk. He's all, where the fuck is my drummer? I need my fucking drummer right now. Charlie Watts gets dressed, goes downstairs, punches Mick Jagger and says, I'm not your fucking drummer. You're my fucking singer. And goes back upstairs. Yeah, I heard that story. I've heard that one too. Wow. And they say he was kind of like the king of cool in terms of that too. He was always kind of the, the stylist, the more stylish member of the band. And and the quiet the quieter one in terms of of we you know Keith Richards you know you know Mick Jagger but he was the heart of the band. Well, he is the backbeat like he's you know he keeps the rhythm, yeah, and, and the timing which is that's you know the drummer's part so. Mm-hmm. And then the length of time he spent in the band. But I did hear what Xavier said. Somebody said that he really is a a drummer that's up there as far his as his technique. Because it's, uh, you know, everybody always comes from, if you come from a jazz background or a, a classical background, uh, you have a different style than mm-hmm. just a, a typical, what would be a typical rock drummer. Because it's it's not the same. Even the way, I, th- I think even the way you hold the sticks, it's very different. So, interesting. And, uh, I mean, how old was he? 80-something years old? Max, how old was he? He is close to it. I think he was close to 80, because I know, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, Keith Richards lives on. <laughs> it's ideally signed with the devil. Something, man. Keith Richards is like Hunter S. Thompson. The only way to kill him is by his own hand. He's got to decide <laughs> when he wants to go. So it's all about making that decision. Yeah. Yeah, and some people make poor decisions, man, like... uh like our friend from the cover, baby, not our friend, really, the baby from the cover of Nevermind, who decides 30 years later, Spencer Eldon is going to sue the band. This guy. So, okay, I tried to look I tried to look at this article, and I couldn't get through because apparently my free trial of wherever the hell this thing is on. New York uh, Times. That New, York, New Times? York Times. Yeah, I've fulfilled my limit. So I am out, although it sounds entertaining. What happened? Oh, it's hilarious, man. Um, he Child has... pornography was all I saw? Yeah, he's suing them for child pornography and and these pieces. He's suing the remaining the living members of the band. Obviously, I believe he's also suing Courtney Love, and um, saying it's damaged him physically and emotionally, and all these pieces. Like girls find out he was the baby on the on the cover, and they don't want to date him anymore, and complaining. You know, everybody's seen his penis and. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't love women, homie. 
That should be getting him action, not denying him action. I know. Huh? Uh, it's so he's in there, but here's here's the caveat on that. Here's the catch twenty two: is he has remade this cover no more, no less than four times. Oh, he has. Yeah, in, in censored in censored form. In censored form. Okay, that was gonna be he's my next question. Yeah, Dick he's wearing out. shorts in these other ones, but uh, so he's capitalized off of it. He's yeah, capitalized oh, he's off made lots. He's made a good deal of money on this. He ain't getting shit from them. No, and, <laughs> and and that's the other part is the the story is his parents were paid two hundred fifty bucks for the original photo for the cover. <laughs> oh, so he he was paid. He, you, they were paid. He, they were paid. So they were paid. Technically, they didn't do anything wrong. No. There's no breach of contract in anything. Dumbass but it was it was money. paid like 250 bucks or something. It was very it was small. Sure. Well, the original Nike logo, uh, they only paid like they paid a college student to do it, like even like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, but you didn't think that. You didn't think that this you know photographer who was just taking pictures of that was going to end up putting it on an album that went you know freaking gangbusters. <laughs> like you don't you don't think that way. It just so happened to blow up, and you know, dude. The the guy who took the photo probably wasn't thinking that way. No. He was getting paid to do a job. He got paid to do that job. He's not suing them for more money. He was now. he was a friend of the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing about this reeks is like, oh, it's bad. It just reeks yeah. as like, hey, this guy got caught in a spot that he doesn't like. Yeah, you know what? I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. maybe the album cover shouldn't be that. Like looking back, what you you know the way times are now. You shouldn't put that on an album cover. No one gave a shit in 1991. I can, I can understand him soon for emotional uh, distress, but he has compensated. It's been out for fucking 30 fucking years. Isn't there a statute of limitations? By now, like, you know. That, that I don't know. The album has been out for 30 years. It's, um, I don't know about statute of limitations. But, you know, and there are ways to... There are ways to alter the alter the photograph or or alter those pieces if that's if that's the catch point on it right now. I mean, I just bought recently about that Halsey album with uh, Alicia bought that, and I have a copy of the Halsey album and it's it's produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. That's one of the reasons we got it. But the cover has her on it, and she has an exposed breast, and there's a baby in her lap. Okay. Would that qualify as something that seems questionable? I don't know. There is an an edited version of the album. I happened to see it when I was at Target. And instead of having the the exposed breast and the nipple up here, you can't see that. That's not that's not visible on it. It's it's a different photo. Fo- it's the same photo doctored so that that nipple is not showing. It didn't just say Target over it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, just the, 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 the well, target, that would be a nipple sticker. anyway if it's a target logo. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that can be done. You don't want to do that to a thirty-year-old album. It can be done. But yeah. he's saying that now, these defendants yeah. knowingly produced, possessed, and advertised commercial child pornography, and that he suffered permanent harm because of his association, lifelong loss of income, earning capacity. I don't think anybody's worried about the size of his penis as a baby. No, he's he's the mad that he isn't making money off it. That's really what it is. He's mad he's not making money off of it, and I guarantee you somebody's made a joke about, oh, is your penis grown? He's probably heard that a lot. As, yeah. as I'm sure somebody's probably chirping in his ear saying that you know you need to be you should be getting money for this. Or, yeah, 
You should sue. You should sue. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You have a case. Yeah. You have a case, and he's dumb enough to listen. Yeah. And there's lawyers that are dumb enough to take the case. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure it'll come up again. Ha! Bad, bad pun. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Come out again? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's got $150,000 from 15 people is what he wants. <laughs> so, so 150 doesn't sound like a lot, but that pushes him over the $2 million mark, you know? That pushes him close to three. Yeah. What is it? 150,000. So 1.5. 2.25. There you go. Thanks for doing the math faster than me. I, I have a phone. <laughs> almost, enough, almost enough to be like, man, just take this and shut up. It's that, and I think that's the plan with that. Yeah. Is it's it's enough that it's like $150,000 to for him to walk away and leave me alone. Okay, I think that's what it is. Do that. X will get this one. Or we can settle out of court right now for 20 bucks. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that fool, right. didn't that fool die too? Uh, he did. Diesel died. He did. Oh, man, he did. yeah. That we could a couple weeks ago. Back there eating corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Taking a shit? Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's not him. That was Smokey. <laughs> yeah. He steals, he don't kill. <laughs> man, I forgot about that. I forgot about that fool. Uh, Smokey, you taking a shit? Yeah. I ain't got to tell everybody else. Yeah, I ain't got to tell nobody else. Anyway. But then you think back and you're like, holy crap, dude, 30 years since Nevermind came out. Hey, so Nevermind came out on the same day as Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Bad Motorfinger. The exact same day. Yes. A, yes. a, a week before that, it was the Two Guns and Roses albums. Use mm-hmm. the Use Your Illusion albums. A couple months before that, it was 10. And then um, uh, the Black album. And then also that year was Out of Time by R.E.M. and Octung Baby by uh, U2. So that year was. These are all major milestones. Um, but if you're thinking about it, you talk about Nevermind, Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers, and Bad Motorfinger all on the same day. And then conveniently, on the same day, five years later, Descendants, Everything Sucks, and Weezer's Pinkerton. Five years later? Exactly five years later. Hmm. So it's just a lot of major, major albums that came out in. Um, End of September. End of September 2000. I'm sorry. 1991 and 1996. Holy crap. It's a golden age. Have you guys listened to the new Manic Hispanic? No. Oh, fucking no. golden, dude. It's so good. It's so, so good. They start off with. Who's uh, singing for them again? Uh, Ephraim from Death by Stereo and Voodoo Glow Skulls. Does that guy. How many bands is that guy in? Uh, Death by Stereo, Voodoo Glow Skulls, and Manic Hispanic. And it might be even a couple more. He's uh he don't do shit else. So uh it works though, dude. Like I, I was talking I sent it to Armando and um he's like, Man, he's like, I miss Gabby. I'm like, I miss Gabby too, bro, but this actually this is good. Like this would be Gabby approved. Um, this album. It's that freaking good. And the last Manic Hispanic album, they put out a couple of singles, but the last one was was it Mijo Goes to Junior College? And it featured Gabby less. And it was okay. This one's a freaking banger. But I think because it might be the songs that they covered. So um, the first song they cover is uh, uh, Mas Chingones. They call it Mas Chingones, and it's True Believer, Dan, by the Vance okay. Souls. And then they do <laughs> they do Holding Cell, which is Waiting Room by Fugazi. Like, that's that's badass. And uh, then uh, they do – I sent you guys this song, I think, Chancla Abuser, which is Sonic Reducer by the Dead Boys. <laughs> um, they do um, – oh, shoot. What is this song? Uh, Naranjo. 
which is about Trump and its its knowledge by Operation Ivy. Like it's freaking they do teardrop <laughs> on my eye, uh fight till I die, um by seven seconds, sneak into California, like um Sneak with California by Youth Brigade. Low Riders from Mars, that should be kinda obvious. Yeah. Um, I want some chon chon, which is I just want some skank. I just want some skank by the circle jerks. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, Rick, they do Mexican-American, which is American by the descendants. Oh, okay. And they do 21st century Vato Loco. 21st century Vato <laughs> It's freaking – it is – oh, they do I Just Want Some Chon Chon and National City, which is um, Beverly Hills by – you know, that's those two songs leading to each other from the Circle Jerks. Um, it's freaking badass, dude. I have not heard an album this good in a long time. Like where every song, sounds, every song it, is just and, like, dude, that, even that mix of punk rock songs alone, the, the like the songs that they That's cover, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's – what is it? What was the old? Uh, there was an old comp we used to have back in the the mid '90s that had a bunch of those old school ones on it, and it sounds like that. Yeah, it sounds like one. Of those. It's totally one of those. It's so <laughs> freaking good. It's funny, and you'll find yourself like singing along like like pretty quick. So like this is like when they play again, dude. We, I I want to go because like this is that it's that good. Like as far as that. Yeah, and there there's a handful of songs that they do that they stick with you so much. That no matter what you do, whenever you hear the actual song, you still hear the Manic Spanish. Yeah, dude, that's a trip. Like, I, I can't listen to Atomic Guard without thinking about Uncle Chato's Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> cannot do it. And Alicia's even worse than I am. <laughs> we'll let you know next week. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got that coming up. Um, other than that, the drop kit, uh, well, I don't know. You guys heard anything else? Listen to anything else? There's a few new punk albums that have come out that have actually been pretty good. No, I, I've heard uh, Dan Andriano dropped a couple of singles. He's doing some solo stuff. Uh, they're they're pretty right? solid. Yeah, they're pretty solid. They're a little more um, they're a little more singer songwriter than Alkaline Trio type stuff, which he tends to do when he does solo stuff. You know, he taps into those other influences, as does everybody. They're solid. They're just solid, good, um, good rock jams. You know guy in his early 40s would play um face to face dropped their 10th and last album they are done after this after the subsequent tour they're 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 done as a, as a band um why just time it's been 30 years so Damn. just they said it's time so that's fine i i respect that it's okay it's not it's not that bad an, an album it's all right um i think it'll grow on me a few more listens it came out a couple weeks ago um sure has been doing more solo stuff though too. yeah he's been doing more solo stuff and it's it's not it's nothing is ever going to be don't turn away but they have a lot of great songs um i've actually listened to the album it's it's good yeah it's i, it, like I it. think it'll grow on me like you know the first listen is like it's just i didn't know what to expect is like i said nothing is don't turn away and some of their stuff in the middle is kind of like it's okay there's some there's some good songs here and there and and you know some albums are really good um, so I don't know, like I said, it'll grow on me. I've been listening, I guess this is a, um, transition. I've been listening to the, the Dropkick Murphy's newest album, which came out, I think in April. It's a, it's a little bit old, but we just saw him yesterday. Yeah. So Rick and I were, I guess that's a good segue, Rick, to talk about the that show yesterday. Good supporting tour. Um, I wasn't planning to go. I will, I will be completely honest. It's been 20 some years since I've seen Rancid. Really? Wow. And I, when we saw Rancid, the last time I saw him was at the Grove with uh, Real McKenzie's and F-. Oh, my God. I what I say. Oh, wow. And 
I was not impressed. There was something about it, man. And and, and I remember, I distinctly remember it was one of the first one of the first shows. I go, you know what? I'm gonna try earplugs. And I kept taking the earplugs in and out to see if it was any better. And I'm just like, it didn't do it for me that night. At the Grove. At the Grove. <clears throat> so I don't think the Grove has the best sound. And that might have been it. Yeah. It might have been it because last night uh, blew my expectations out of the water. I was so excited, you know, and kind of surprised because I listen to Rancid and I like Rancid, and they're a little I'm a little bit further along with them than I am with the Dropkick Murphys, mm -hmm. but I'm still not always listening to Rancid. Again, I'd, you'd be surprised how many songs I knew. Well, that's because and they play most of it now comes the a lot of it now. Yeah, Wolves. most yeah. of their set is like they play basically the whole album. Which is what we've called before, you know, previous in previous things, mm -hmm. pretty much the perfect book rock record. Right. Yeah. And, th yeah. and those are the hits. Those mm -hmm. are the hits. You sprinkle in some other stuff, you know, a couple of them. They sprinkled in some stuff. They played uh, Salvation. Mm -hmm. They played uh, Sidekick. They played Rejected. Which I was excited Rejected about, off man. the first album. Yeah. Fall Back Down is always going to be there. A couple of songs off Troublemaker, which was their last album in 2017. Yeah. Uh, they did Red Hot Moon. No, they didn't play Red Hot Moon. They didn't play Red Hot Moon. No. They played Tenderloin. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, oh, uh, St. Mary and Black and Blue, too. So they did, uh, had a lot of throwbacks to Let's Go. Yeah. And where where was, was this at? The yeah, okay, so let's get into that. Let's get into that, Rick. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it, the whole time it said it was at the Observatory, Observatory Festival Grounds. And we were like, where the hell is that? Wow. I, I kept thinking it was a different spot. Like, are they going to do it at the fair and just call it the Observatory? Because <clears throat> then we saw... Oh, there's no parking at the venue. You have to park yeah, at the fair. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. So first of all, well, Rick said he wasn't going to planning to go. I ended up. I had four tickets. Uh, George was going to go with me. I asked Rick if he wanted to because we had talked about it before, and he said, "Oh, I'll think about it." And then this last week, I asked him, "Dude, do you want it? Like, you, you know, let's go." And he was like, "Yeah, okay." And then we ended up taking my daughter too. <clears throat> so we drove to the fair, and that was a mess. Like that was an act. Right, Rick? That was a mess. It was a mess, but I don't feel it was any different than any other day the fair was there. Okay. There's something it because I've been stuck in that same amount of traffic just trying to get into the fair. Did you that guy, did you hear that guy I was talking to on the bus on the way back? He said he waited like mm -hmm. an hour and a half in traffic off the freeway to get into the fair thing. Like, oh, so I yeah, no, I I was in the exit lane that it told me to get off on my GPS. And then all of a sudden my GPS was like, well, go around this way instead. So I got back on the freeway. I just changed lanes and got off the next exit off of Newport uh, Newport Drive and just came... As opposed to Fair yeah, Drive. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to Fair Drive and just came back around. But then realized I never set a gate location on the GPS, so it, was it took me straight back to that line. So I was like, oh, oh shit. shit. So I came... It took him back to gate I one, I came yeah. back around again and I tried to go straight into where gate three was and I, there was no way I was going to cut in, dude. It was just... That was not going to happen. So I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Let me pass it and come back. Oh, look, there's a street I can drive straight in to the, um, to the uh, entrance instead of having to turn, you know, left or turn right. So we did that, and that, that cut a lot of time. Um, so we did that, and then uh, we parked, of course. There was a – what was it going on, Rick? A farmer's market and a pumpkin patch? Like, it was the pumpkin patch here for sure. I don't know what else was going on. I don't on, know either. It looks like it was the second night of the pumpkin patch, and other than um, – I don't know of any other big pumpkin patches in Orange County other than Tanaka Farms, which is in Irvine. So – the the Santa Ana crowd was going to that big pumpkin patch. inflatables the whole night it was huge so we figured that was it anyway, we parked and then we had gotten advance notice that um you know they're checking vaccine status and negative covid tests so we we get in line we get our IDs checked and then they have you they shuffle you over to a table 
where they want to see your vaccine status or the negative test. So we showed them that stuff and then got on the bus and then they drove us on the bus. The first time it was a coach bus to, um, Dan, if you take the observatory and you go, you know, you turn and you pass the observatory. There's usually parking to the industrial complex on the right. If you keep mm-hmm. going all the way down that street, that's actually where the bus dropped us off. So the the venue actually, it was in the parking lot of the observatory, and they basically took that whole street from from Harbor down to I don't even know the name of the street that we were off, but like all the way through the industrial complex on the other side of the train tracks. So it actually worked out kind of nice because we had already been checked for all that stuff. Um, we came up through that. We went um, through security. They had stamped us with – I still have it, Rick. It didn't really fully go away. They gave us a stamp that had Rona, and it was crossed out in a circle. <laughs> That's what it actually Mind says when they, when they check it. So we came in through security, and then it was just open, dude. It was outside. So um, like – Yeah, you were literally just hanging out in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, if you're looking at the venue, to the left was a huge stage that they had set up, which was great because mm-hmm. everybody could see. The only thing they didn't have, Rick, that would have been nice, but we, it was fine because the viewing was fine. They didn't have any screens that showed the stage. Like you just saw mm-hmm. them on the stage. But again, it's just in the parking lot, and the stage was raised. Like a good yeah. amount. There was there was plenty of room. Yeah. There was plenty of visual 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 ability. Your ti- I don't know. Yeah, that visibility. Your uh, visibility. There you go. Thank you. Your typical like, oh, here's a line of cocktail, you know, uh, things at any festival. You can get beer. You can get alcohol. A uh, line of food trucks. They had a line of food trucks, oh. and then uh, the porta potties, and then uh, the merch tent. All, actually, to be honest, Rick, I thought it went off really well, and I was really surprised how easy everything actually was. You could see from so, you could see from everywhere. It wasn't. We didn't wait that long to get merch. It didn't really wait, look like you guys waited that long to get a no. beer. Uh, like so, you can tell um, Live Nation was definitely in charge of this show because it reminded me the setup was designed to look like um, Five Points. Yeah, yeah. Actually, now that you say that, it did. Yeah. It did. Yeah, I did get that vibe. Even yeah. from even from their like um, even from the the. And I noticed that when I looked at the banners where it had the, all the what's it, cocktails and beer. Like even from yeah. there, I noticed the banners and I was like, dude, that looks like the stuff they have at Five Point. Um, yeah. So and I totally believe that. That's probably pretty true. Yeah. But the show itself so it was, was it was well organized. Yeah. The show itself was great, dude. We got there during the Bronx, so we caught the last of their set, but we decided to wait in the merch line instead. Um, got some stuff and then strolled on up. We we thought because of the way the flyer was written. That Dropkick was going to be – they were both headlining bands, but we thought Dropkick mm-hmm. would be the closer and Rancid was going to be the next band. But to kind of our surprise, it was Dropkick. Um, they, dude, they played a hell of a set. Like it's so catchy, and the energy they put into the set is just amazing. Like it was really, yes. really good. Like yeah. I, I mean I, I remember when that happens. Like I do have I, – I, I bought the first album when it came out, and I remember listening to it and thinking, like, man, this is actually really good. This is a really good album, and it it was, and uh, now we see you. Uh, now it's gone. <laughs> um, so it was a good set. I was surprised. And then, I don't know, how long of a set change? Remember, half an hour maybe? 20 minutes? Only about 20 minutes. Yeah. It was pretty quick. They were they were on by 9 o'clock, a little after 9 o'clock. Mm, yeah, okay, I'll give you that, a little after 9. Played for a, a solid hour, a little over. We 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 knew that the line to get back to the bus was going to be long because everybody parked at the fair, and the gates opened at like five, so we didn't get there till like I don't know a little bit before seven, so we we're like let's dip out like the last two songs because we'll be able to like kind of stroll back and then 
kind of catch the end of the you could hear yeah it. you could totally hear it because the sound was real good and then just start walking back to the bus and they did they finished while we had started to walk past the food trucks headed back and we got on a bus pretty quick they had a line of buses by that by that time yeah so yeah, yeah the last two songs were time bomb and ruby soho so you could hear them as we're walking from from our area into into the into the line for the queue but you know good good idea to leave that you know during those five minutes because that's like trying to leave Disneyland during the fireworks. You know, as soon as the fireworks are over, everyone's walking out that gate. You're going to be sitting in in line for an hour trying to, just to get a bus back to uh, the parking lot. Yeah. So we're leaving the Dodger game at the eighth inning. One of the two. You know. It it went <laughs> right. <laughs> it went it went super well, dude. We uh, we had a good time. It was totally it was totally worth it. It was totally worth it. Yeah. And you could tell the bands had a good time. Everybody that was there um, was having a good time. I, some drunken fool. <laughs> came up on me and was like put his arm around me we were singing some dropkick songs and then he left and then rick was like who's that i was like i have no idea some some dude just having a good time some dude well, just the having funny a good part time is, is before that he he looked at bella and and told dan's daughter i've known i've known this guy forever i've known this guy for days or something like that he's like you're my boy blue yeah, and I was so playing with him. Like, I was like, I have no idea who this Dan, guy is. I'm like, I know Dan's high school friends. I don't remember no, this guy. No, I don't know who he is. You know? <laughs> Not one clue who that dude was. <laughs> but he caught, I caught the old school reference, and I, I called him out on it. He's like, that's right, old school. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know who this dude is at all. Yeah. It was pretty funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was George I hadn't seen in days, man. I'm like, damn, I go way back with this guy. I hadn't seen him forever. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, we had a, we had a really definitely good time. a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll tell you, Dan and I had a. The only problem was I was still kind of reeling from the night before, man. Dan and I, <laughs> the, night, the night before. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was. Uh, yeah, that was that was cool. Even that AFI band, that opening band, opening band, or was there a band that opened before them? No, the AFI band was the opener. Okay, even even that, I'll even give them that. Set got better as as the night went on. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to uh they were called it horror night at the concert lounge in rivers in riverside and it was um the los angeles misfits the gabba gabba haze and sang the sorrows so they're all cover bands but if i've i've never seen the ramones i've only seen dd ramon do do a ramon set but that's always kind of been my that's been the one like regret i have is i've never been able to see the ramones they were they broke up before you know, I was able to see them. So the Gabba Gabba Hayes are about the closest you can get to seeing the Ramones. And um, it's not for the entire set, but at the at, at one point in their set, they're pretty much playing the album Local Life. There's like six, there's about six songs that they do straight from Local Life, like bam, 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 bam. In the in even the banter that that the guy does is the banter from Local Life. So it, it just it really feels like you're seeing a Ramones set. They're up there. They're dressed like the Ramones. They've got their wigs on. They've got the leather jackets and the, and the striped T-shirts and the jeans and the cons. And and they, you know, they go all out to make sure you look like you're seeing Johnny, Joey, Dee Dee and, uh, and Marky. So it's so much fun to watch them. And um, even Chris, you know, was saying she, the, she was impressed by them. And, and my buddy Raul was went with us, too. And he he was like, no, man, they were awesome. Uh, Dan, you've been with we've seen them before together, right? Gabby, Gabby, yeah, like- we saw him at uh, Rocket 
show. Oh my god, mm-hmm. when that was in. Oh my god, what's uh, D Club? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a long time ago. Zusa. Yeah, that was way back when. Damn. There, I mean, they were good that, then too. Bad boy days. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, they, I've always liked Gabby Gabby Hayes. Yeah, they were really good. That's a, that's definitely yeah, a band we're checking job. out. Even at yeah. Los Angeles Misfits, that that band was pretty good too. They were pretty good, man. Um, it was, but it was, for the most part, it was just the the front man that was trying to do the Misfits look. Sure. Yeah. The other was. Yeah. The other. You was know. Like, yeah. The other guys, they were they were wearing the dark stuff, and you could tell, you know, they were themed, but it it felt like it was just the lead singer doing it. And the same with Sang the Sorrow, which is, it still blows my mind that there is a an AFI cover band out there. <laughs> That we've reached that point in our in our maturity level that there's an AFI cover band. Yeah, well. And again, okay. that's the guy who dressed up like Davy. The the again, just the front man there, dressing up like Davy. You know, sing the sorrow era, kind of the mesh, the mesh top and, and the the longer hair. Yeah. I don't they do good, you guys. Yeah. So you guys seen Plan Nine and uh, the Los Angeles Misfits? How do they compare? Like, which one do you think is better? Plan Nine. Hey, there was no hesitation. Dan, no, no, it was like really good. <laughs> we saw the Gabba Gabba Hayes play with the female Misfits cover band, and, and I can't. Bitch fits. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's a couple of them. Dan's right. Okay. It's the Bitch Fits. Yeah. Okay. There's the Bitch Fits. There's the Miz Fits. There's the Misfits. Something like that. There's a bunch of Miz Fits. Yeah. 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 That they were good too. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Um, Gabba Gabba Hayes and Plan Nine in terms of cover bands are one on that entire other level of, and I think it's the atomic punks too. If you do the Van Halen one, um, they, they make the presence like you are actually at one of their shows. Like you're at a Ramon show or you're at a misfits show or you're at the Van Halen show, that early Van Halen stuff. Um, you know, sang the sorrow. Yeah. The front man did that. The other guys, they did their thing. And, um, he did a good job. He had a voice that that could handle the Davy Havoc stuff. The uh, the Los Angeles Misfits again, good stuff. I didn't think he could handle Glenn the same way um, the guys from the Gabba Gabba Hayes handled Joey. Oh yeah, no, you're you're right there. Yeah. You know that's kind of that's kind of the feeling you want to get when you see a cover band. You want to feel like you're there seeing this band. And for me, that'll always be the Gabba Gabba Hayes. Sounds like but cool it was, night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. And, you know, had some had some uh, libations and enjoyed ourselves. Alicia's still cracking up, man. Alicia's cracking up at, at us talking about, oh, they were so cute together and this, this and that. And... <laughs> uh, Chris showed me one video and I was like, I've seen enough. <laughs> So this week we got, uh, well, this will probably drop right before, but um, Bad Religion in Riverside. So the next, the next, uh, well, the next episode when we get to it, we'll cover Bad Religion. I'll talk about Voodoo Gulf Skulls. We'll talk about the wedding. Um, And then October Flame. Dan was going to go to October Flame, but October Flame got canceled. Yeah, I got canceled. Yeah, Tiger Tiger Army canceled that. You know who's coming up? I'm gonna. I I kind of want to see, and I hope I can make it work, but I probably won't. 
is uh, Punk Rock Karaoke's playing the concert lounge next week. Oh, really? Is it during the week? Oh, it's, it's Saturday. Oh, that's pushing it. Yeah. 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 I've done the two two shows in a weekend once. I don't think I can do it again for another, like, five years. <laughs> but that would be cool. I've always wanted to see that. I've always wanted to see Punk Rock Karaoke do their thing. Yeah, me too. Be fun. All right, let's take a quick one and then run this. All right. So that's going to do it for us this time. Thanks for listening, as always. If you have anything you'd like us to review, music, uh, short films, literature, you can email us at exocast at yahoo.com. You can visit us at EXO, uh, EXO Culture on Instagram, Facebook at EXO Cult, Twitter at EXO Cultcast, and TikTok as EXOcast. Extraordinary Culture Podcast is available on automatic apple podcast stitcher google play spotify and on youtube you can even ask your smart home device to play extraordinary culture podcasts we want to thank our sponsors crown and stash barber company made riverside and orange circle up top thanks for listening we'll see you next time and we don't want to promote on your shitty website Busy doing something, okay? Quiet, quiet.